0: Good morning. i something different today. I don't know how often you all use PowerPoint, but we're not going to be using it today. So. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. I'll pass some of these around here. Dale, would you mind passing the rest of them? Would you mind passing the rest of them? Sure. Okay. Well, how many people got to enjoy Arlington in April yesterday? Anybody? Certainly, you know, the most part, beginning in the... Came overcast and cloudy, and then, of course, it just was a sign of what was to come today. Has anyone ever studied Islam before? Or had anybody had an opportunity to talk to a Muslim before? No, well, neither have I, um, actually. And I've always was intimidated at the thought of, of ever having to to witness to a, a Muslim primarily because I didn't have any understanding of their faith, uh, of what they believed in, um, of what Islam was all about. I knew some general, you know, Muhammad and Allah and the Quran. I knew names and and types, but I didn't know the the story behind it. Um, A few years back, about a year and a half ago, I got the pleasure of of becoming friends with uh, one of the captains in the U.S. Navy uh, who had going to go to church here, uh, Rome Ruaz. I don't know if anyone uh, here remembers him. And he volunteered to help me do setup, up, uh, set up the chairs in the auditorium, the classrooms, and everything for Sunday morning. And so we got to form a friendship and, and talk a lot, and we, multiple topics that we discussed. One of them was about Islam, because in his travels with the, with the Navy, and also within the Navy, there, is quite, there are quite a few Muslims, uh, American Muslims, and so he would get into conversations with them, and he always felt inadequate because they really know the Quran, uh, and they also actually know quite a bit of the Bible, and they would always tell him that they didn't understand how Christians didn't know so much about their own God, and that they knew more than most Christians did. And so the conversations were difficult at times for him to have because he felt like he, he just didn't have that knowledge. Um, and that's one of the things that I realized at that time that I didn't have that knowledge. I was biblically illiterate and, you know, in, in growing in my faith and growing in the Word and learning the Word in order to be able to you know witness to a Muslim in the future. So what I did here... And what I'm going to go over today is basically just an outline of some of the basic beliefs of Islam versus what we believe as Christians. Uh, the topic is very exhaustive. It's very, there's a lot of information out there. Um, we probably could do a month-long teaching on it and uh, still not be able to touch on all the, of what you know, Islam and what Muslims believe. But some of the more interesting points um, I have right here uh, on your handout and you can see that um, in Islam, God is called Allah. The Quran is eternal and is the final message to humankind. Uh, they believe Jesus was a prophet, but not God. And their salvation is not guaranteed. So those would be some of the things that we'll go into here shortly. Uh, with Christianity, uh, we believe that God, you know, God is called Yahweh. Uh, and he's made up of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible we believe, is the infallible word of God, and Jesus was a son of God, he was both man and God, and salvation is guaranteed for us as believers in Christ. So, the first item is the Godhead, and what do Muslims believe about God? Well, the Muslim faith is mono, monotheistic, just as Christianity is. Um, they believe that their God is Allah, and there's no other like him, um, They believe, uh, as we're going down, this would be point one on your Muslims believe, is that their God is called Allah. Second point is that Muslims believe that Christians worship three gods. They believe that we worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They don't, they're taught that we don't separate, or we don't believe that, they don't believe in the Trinity, okay? We... They are taught that we believe in three different gods, and that is uh, one of the sins of, uh, of the Muslim faith is called shirk, and that is adding anything to Allah. And so they believe that Christians are, are sinning when we say that God is, is, is Trinity, that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The third point is Allah is transcendent, and the only way to know Allah is by his laws there's no personal relationship in the Islamic faith. They cannot know God, they only know God through what the Quran has revealed to them, through uh, through the prophet Muhammad. Um, So the idea of of having a personal relationship that the Christians claim is is just not possible in their viewpoint. So what do the Christians believe? Well, we believe in the Trinity. God is the Trinity, right? In Romans 5, Five through 6 it says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly so in those two verses right there it says God's love through the Holy Spirit and at the right time Christ died for us so the three persons of the Trinity are right there in that scripture we also believe that God is love Whereas a transcendent God would would basically be a God that we would know nothing about. We couldn't possibly know whether he loved us or not because he doesn't give us that opportunity in the Islamic faith to know whether he is a loving God. But our God has shown through Scripture that he is a loving God. And what's the famous verse that we know that God is a loving God? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so the third point is that we can have a personal relationship with our God. John 17.3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And that's very comforting. As I've studied this, and I've realized that all the ritual acts that, that Muslims perform, is the motive for that is, is works. They don't know whether or not... Allah is pleased with that. They believe Allah is pleased with that because the Quran tells them they must do it, so they're obeying it. But there's not that personal relationship. There's not that, I believe, the growth that a, a Christian goes through in their life where they're a babe in Christ and they're on the, the simple things in, in Scripture, and then they begin to mature, and then they begin to, to get into the meat of the Word, and they, they grow, and they, they just change. And you see that change in them, and that's really exciting. That doesn't seem to be the case from what I've studied that that happens in Islam. So the next topic is the holy books. What do Muslims believe about the holy books? Well, before I get into the points, one of the things that I found was really interesting was that Muslims actually believe the Old Testament. They believe the New Testament, and they believe the Quran. I was like, really? Well, that's really strange. But what they believe about them is what's key. They believe that they were were given through the prophets by God. Moses, for example, David, King David, was a prophet in their opinion, and Jesus was a prophet. So all of them, God gave them his word. But Muhammad was the last prophet. And because Muhammad is the last prophet, it's the final word from God, and therefore it's the best. It overrides the others. And they also believe that the Bible, which the New Testament in particular, is it was changed. That Christians changed it It got it all wrong. Because the Quran itself speaks about believing in in the book. The book is the Bible, as it refers to it. And it says that it's basically without error. But yet, if you talk to a Muslim today, they're going to tell you that the Bible, which we read, is wrong. That there's errors in it. Well, how can that possibly be? When Muhammad was born in I believe 610 A.D., and so it was in 393, 397, I believe that the, uh, a lot of the, the founding fathers had gotten together and they put together the canon of Scripture. Well, at that point in time, they put the 66 books in the Bible, and that's how we got our, our, our Bible, right? So, 300 years later, Muhammad all of a sudden, you know, in the beginning of the Quran, when he begins his ministry, his teaching to believe in, in the Old Testament, okay, in the New Testament. But later on, in the second part of his ministry, it switches and it takes on a tone of it's it's wrong. So both the Quran states that the Bible's true and that the Bible's incorrect. And so when you talk to Muslims today, the way they explain that is that it changed after Muhammad's death. Well, if it changed after Muhammad's death, the one thing that would have to be explained is how all the translations that existed at the time prior to Muhammad's birth and then after his death had to be gathered up and you would have to change them all, right? But the founding languages of the Old Testament was Hebrew and the New Testament was Greek. If you looked at at our versions today, they go back up and they match up perfectly with the basically original copies that they had prior to uh, Muhammad's birth. So there's no way they could have taken, we could possibly have a Bible today that doesn't match up, okay? But that's what they're taught. Because there's a contradiction in the Quran, and the way that they could come up with, with explaining it was to say, this is what happened, okay? So the first point in, in the holy books is the Muslims believe the Quran is the foundation of their religion. It is an eternal book in their point, viewpoint, and then it existed before time. So in the beginning, as we know from John one it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, in their viewpoint, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a book. The second point is, it is the final and perfect Word of God. The Quran means reciting. It's made up of chapters called surahs. There's 114 surahs in the Quran. And it's important to understand that when Muhammad began preaching, he began preaching in Mecca. And when he was preaching in Mecca, it it was peaceful. He was a very peaceful uh, prophet. He was beginning this new religion, and he was sharing and trying to convince others to come over to the Islamic faith and talking very much in the first part of the Quran as far as it being peaceful religion. Well, 86 of the surahs were written during this time. But many of the other tribes that were in Mecca at the time ridiculed him. And basically, had decided that they needed to do away with Muhammad because there were a lot of pagans there. They worshipped multiple gods. There was the Ka- the Kaaba, Kaaba, excuse me, the Kaaba stone already existed at that time, uh, which is a key element today in, in Islam, where they, and they they face Mecca to pray when they go there uh, for their uh, yearly. When they go to their, um, I'm sorry, I forgot pilgrimage. Thank you. When they go on their pilgrimage there to they go there, and they actually march around this Kaaba stone seven times. And it's there in the center, and it's, it's a big pillar. And so the tribe leaders decided they were going to assassinate Muhammad. Well, he caught wind of it, and basically he fled went 270 miles north to Medina. Well, while he was in Medina, things were going a little bit better. There was a pretty good population of Jews and Christians there. And so he began to uh, share his faith with them. And for the most part, the Jews uh, asked him a lot of questions, and, and actually in the Quran. Uh, it talks about Moses and in, in Pharaoh. And there's, it's probably in there probably about it 23 times, I believe. And in, in his lack of knowledge of the Old Testament proved to be the thing that would cause the Jews to not believe him and ridicule him. Because how could you know about Moses and in, in, in Pharaoh and you know nothing about the Exodus? Nothing was said in the Quran about how God led Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt. So here you have... Muhammad began to change his tone as his revelations were coming from Gabriel. And so the next 25 surahs were written in Medina, and they start to take on that tone of, of kill the infidel, uh, you know, attack them, put them under your power. Um, they need to be done away with. So the first part's considered he's, he's a warner, why he's in Mecca. He's warning people. Allah's given him the word, and here he's sharing it. When he goes to Medina, he becomes a warrior, and now it, the tone shifts, okay? The so point three is how the basically Muslims believe that um, the Quran was given to Muhammad over 23 years by the angel Gabriel. <sighs> I won't go too much more into the history of Muhammad, and actually I will tell you that he started... Uh, the Islamic faith, when he was uh, approximately 40 years old, was when he had the first revelation given to him by Gabriel. He went through a period where he was really bothered by it. He was scared. He didn't understand. He thought something was wrong with him. He almost committed suicide, and then through events with his wife and some, some other people, he ended up not doing that, and then you know, the rest has become history. The fourth point is that the Quran is inspired by Allah. Surah 1037 says, This Quran is not such as can be produced by anyone other than God. So they firmly believe that the Quran is from God. And it's to be the final word, because Muhammad is the final prophet. And that uh, all the other prophets in the past got some of it right, but they got some of it wrong. All right. So what do we believe? Well, we believe in the eternal living word of God. John 1.1 one. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The second point is that we believe that the Word was inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is breathed out by God. Also, 2 Peter one twenty one says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And the third point is, Christians, we believe in the fallibility of God, which again um, goes back to who God is and who we believe He is, and that He would, is all powerful and all knowing. And since He inspired this word and it's eternal and living, we can definitely believe that it is correct. So, what do Muslims believe about Jesus? Well, in the Quran, Jesus' name is Isa, I S A. And the first thing that they believe is that Jesus was a prophet, but not the Son of God. They do not believe in the Jesus of the Bible um, completely. They believe in some truths, but not all. Surah 4, 171 says, O people of the book, commit no excuses in your religion, or say of Allah aught but the truth. The Messiah Jesus, Son of Mary, was no more than a messenger of Allah and his word. They do believe, of one of the things that they do believe about Jesus, is they do believe that he was born of Mary. Uh, they believe it basically in the virgin birth, but they don't believe that he was God. Basically, the reason they don't believe that he was God is that if you go back to the rid- that sin I was talking about, shirk, adding anything to Allah, that in order for Allah to have a son would mean that basically in their viewpoint that that they think that we believe that God came down and had sexual relations with Mary, and therefore Jesus was born. That's what they're taught, that's what they believe, and yet I just read the Quran chapter where it says, what, Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary. And they believe in the virgin birth, which was in Surah 347. So it doesn't make sense that they would think that there's physical relations when they believe in the virgin birth. So there's another contradiction. They don't believe, point two, and Muslims believe under Jesus, is Jesus was not crucified, nor did he die. So Jesus wasn't crucified, and he didn't die. So you ask them, well, what happened to him? There was a switch. Maybe Judas was the one that got crucified. They don't know. But in all the other major religions in the world, Buddhism, Hinduism, and and historically, it is fact and proven and mostly believed by the entire world except the Islamic faith, that Jesus existed, and that Jesus, the man, did die on the cross, but yet Islam doesn't believe that. They believe he didn't die at all, that God actually took him up to heaven, and he is coming again, but he'll be alive when he comes. And then he'll die. He'll reign for 40 years and then he'll die. And point point three of the Muslims believe in Jesus is, Jesus was not a savior. In the Muslim faith, nobody can possibly bear the burdens of others when it comes to the sin. Um, It says, Surah 39.7, No bearer of burdens can bear the burdens of another. And therefore, as we get into the next part, the sin part, I'll explain a little bit more why they think that Jesus couldn't have been the Savior. So Christians, what do we believe? We believe Jesus is God. 1 Timothy 3.16, He was God manifest in the flesh. Colossians two nine for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily In 2 Corinthians five nineteen God was in Christ. Isn't it weird that they'll say that they believe in the new, but yet they'll kind of pick and choose saying, mm-hmm. kind of say that we believe in the New Testament, but we're gonna <clears throat> choose what we think it, it states correctly and where we think it's all. Mm-hmm. instead of just saying no, we don't believe in that. Yeah, they, they they pick and choose what, what fits what they believe. Um, just like the story about the Quran and the, the, and the Bible had to have been changed later on, it's their way of, of, of avoiding that contradiction that's there. So sin and salvation, and this is probably the most important part, and we'll kind of breeze through this because we've got a few minutes left. But what do Muslims believe about sin and salvation? The first point is there's no original sin. Adam never sinned. Adam and Eve existed. So when you're asked a Muslim, did Adam sin, the answer would be no he made a mistake, and that's why God, that's why God cast him down. The reason they have to say Adam made a mistake is because they don't believe that you were born with a sinful nature. They believe everyone is born without sin, and that everybody learns to sin through parents, through society, so there's a shift of blame, right? It's not necessarily our fault that we're sinners. It's our parents' fault. It's our society's fault. So he makes a mistake. There was no Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were actually cast down from paradise. Paradise is their heaven. Point two is salvation is by works. Salvation is by works. Um, That's why they're so rigid in their, in their habits, and obeying the law, because they don't believe basically that, well, they believe basically that there's gonna be a scale in the end times, okay, before Allah. And he's gonna weigh your good deeds and your bad deeds, okay? But there's a catch, and I'll tell you that in a second. The so third point in sin and salvation is Muslims have no assurance of salvation, no assurance of salvation. So on the day of judgment, Allah will judge people on the scale to see whether or not their good deeds are better than their bad deeds. But, even if your good deeds outweigh your b- bad deeds, you st- it's still up to Allah whether or not he's going to let you in paradise. It may still not be good enough. And when Muhammad died, before, right before he died, he didn't know whether or not he was going to go to heaven, go to paradise. He didn't know whether his deeds were good enough. And this is a man that supposedly was chosen by God, a prophet, to bring the Quran to the, to the Muslim people, right? So they have to, point four. They had to hope in three things. Number one, on their individual acceptance of Allah and Muhammad. So you have to believe in Muhammad, and you have to believe that, that excuse me, you have to believe in Allah, and you have to believe that Muhammad was his prophet and the final and the best prophet. Point two is good works and obedience to Allah's laws. So you have to do good things and you have to be obedient to the laws. But if that law says kill the infidels, kill the Jews part of the law. You're supposed to do it. And if you do do it, if you do die in jihad, you automatically go to paradise. So you can understand the militant movement behind Islam and why it's so attractive because do you want to just do good works and wait until the end and find out maybe or maybe not you're in? Or you can go over here and kill Christians and Jews and and other unbelievers and automatically get into paradise. That's what they're talking and then the fourth is it's Allah's, or the, the third point under number four is Allah has, is the one that's going to predestine you. He, he's already decided who's going and who's not, okay? So it's up to Allah in the end, but you have to do all these things. What do Christians believe? Number one, we believe in original sin. Adam and Eve sinned. It's passed down to us. We're born with a sinful nature. Everyone in here has had children at a young age. And you've heard Randy say it before. Two, three, it starts happening. He starts in it, okay? Um, And number two, salvation is a free gift from God. It's a free gift from God, and it's guaranteed. Where they don't have the guarantee, we have the guarantee, right? Because Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. So I was amazed to find that difference. So many, you know, learning over the past few years how much I had tried so hard to work out my salvation, but not to work out my salvation in fear, as Scripture says, to work it out to where I'll make sure I go to heaven. It, there's nothing I can do. It, it's, there's not a the single thing I can do, except accept his gift, which is given to me freely and to you. So in the end, in conclusion, in, in Islam, one hopes he or she can go to heaven, and in biblical Christianity... He who, who has the Son has life. First John five twelve, and there's a lot of more information. Um, this book right here, Sharing Your Faith with Muslims by Wade Akins. Uh, Wade Akins is a missionary, uh, actually lives here in Memphis, and. Uh, He's been in missions for about 40 years. Uh, he goes to Bellevue, and a friend of mine, who goes there, he was telling me about this book, and I've not completed it entirely, but the information that's in it is, is very interesting. Um, I highly recommend it, uh, just so you can gain more knowledge and kind of gives you uh, some direction as far as how to dialogue with a Muslim and uh, share your faith and get them to thinking about what, you know, what they believe Uh, They can be highly offended by things we say, so that's part of what this book's purpose is, to make sure that we can go about it in a way that that, uh, they will receive what we're saying without being really offensive. Um, So I think the time's up. I hope that that was helpful. Um, I've learned a lot in in studying it and and look forward to continuing to study it because it's really interesting, um, especially when you get into more of the Quran scriptures and, and verses and the things that it says about itself versus what, what the Bible says, which I wasn't able to share a lot of today. But. Does anybody have any questions? Lisa? I was thinking about that come to our houses. Mm-hmm. Um, about how to start their own house Really? I've not read anything that's specific for children. Um, you feel free to look through it see if you see anything in it. Like I said, I'm, I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through, and that last third is getting into more of uh, stumbling blocks and such. So there may be some things in there. Matt? <clears throat> That's a good question. Muhammad had memorized the Quran. Many of his followers had memorized the Quran. Well, what ended up happening is some of the followers did write down information uh, to continue to share it, but there was a battle that was fought, and in that battle many, many, many of the Muslims died that had the Quran memorized. So it was, this was after Muhammad's death that One of the the leaders at that time of Islam chose to assign somebody to gather all the written information and and also get the ones that had the Quran memorized and put it to pen, okay? And if you ever read the Quran, it doesn't read like like the Bible does. The Bible's Old Testament. The Old Testament is not quite in chronological order, but it, it makes sense as it goes along. You get the historical events that happen, especially in Genesis, Exodus. In the Quran, it doesn't work that way some of the first period time that when he was in Mecca is actually in the back part of the Quran. Whereas the second part of his ministry when he was in Medina is in the first part of the Quran. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Good question. Anybody else? No? Okay. I guess we better finish up so Randy's going to make me preach. You talking today? All right. I'll uh, go ahead and close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we look into the truths about Islam and the truths about your word, Christianity. We can clearly see the differences, and we thank you that you are true and trustworthy and faithful and grace and mercy you extend to us. And it's not about what we do that you love us and will save us, but it's just by who you are. And thank you for making yourself known to us, and I pray, Father, that you will continue to teach us in your most holy word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.